Hello and welcome to Springboard of Virtual University. My name is Albert Okran, matriculating you into Ghana's foremost developmental program running since 2008. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Racial Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, the enterprise group UMB Bank, with media support from the multimedia group and the graphic business. Today we get into what we call, what do we call it, Grah? The business school, the, the business, business school, school, where we yeah. explore issues of concern to business people, entrepreneurs, and by extension, policymakers all around the area of business. It's been a very challenging year and period for many businesses. So today, we want to look at coping mechanisms for young entrepreneurs. If you are running a business. How are you coping with the issues that are hitting you on a day-by-day -day basis? So we we'll look at things like staffing, things like idea generation, pursuing the idea, capital, finding capital, dealing with the various regulatory requirements and obligations. And even more importantly, recent issues like exchange rates and, and disruption in the supply chain. How is it affecting your business? Fuel prices. If you are a young person in business, this is the show for you. If you, are, if you have any business interests, this is the show for you. If you are a policymaker, please tune in, log on, get everyone to listen, and let's have a good conversation. I'm fortunate to have two young people in business. George Ajimambudu, CEO of IBG Social. George, welcome to Springboard. Thank you. Thank it's you. good to see you on the on show. It's exciting to be here on show. Yes, yes, yes. And I want to welcome... Princess Dokas Adegoke, CEO of Healthy Haven. Princess, good to see you too. Good to see you too, right? <laughs> so you guys are just, just doing amazing stuff with your businesses. And for the benefit of our, our viewers and listeners, just starting with you, George, tell us what is IBG Social and what do you do? All right. So um, IBG Social is a, a data marketing company. We started off as a social media agency in 2019. And by God's grace, we've evolved into a full-fledged integrated marketing communications company. So we are privileged to manage some brands, you know, both locally and um, across the continent of, of Africa. Yeah. Did you think you do this when you were in school? No, no, no. I can just say <laughs> <laughs> you, you know I did, I did my first degree in IT. Right. And so I think my interest in all of the things I'm doing now culminated from my relationship with my mentor and um, my first CEO of right after school. Um, he's now Apostle Randy Osai Bediako. I know Randy very well. We've, we've, we, we did quite some stuff together when, when he was, um, when he started the very first edition. I think I was, I was in that edition yeah. or one of them, but we, we did a, a lot of stuff together. Fantastic mm. person and, and, yeah. and truly So he gave amazing. me, yes. he gave my career a definition. He actually realized or made me realize the love and passion I had for media communications. And he gave me very intentional mentoring. You know, you close from the office and I go to his, I go to him and he teaches me what to do, how to knot a tie, how to fix a press sketchy. I, I, I can see that you, you got results. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was when my interest in all of these things came up. And I feel like my life spent with him at Caris prepared me for what I'm doing today so what caris was into publishing of magazines and so on this particular area was it a natural progression would you see from what you were doing yes so caris was into a few other things including even digital marketing and um, when i joined we had just started the the division of caris called the caris social right so it was into what i'm doing and like i said it's it erupted you know some from passion this. for what i'm doing now Ten years ago, this business did not exist. This, this, this. I've been doing some research into jobs and career opportunities that didn't exist ten years ago, or even if they existed, no one would leave university and tell your parents, "I'm going to do a job as a digital marketing specialist." You see, which one is that one? <laughs> it didn't. It just didn't exist. Yeah. And, and so I, I'm, I'm just 
wondering that in the conversations we are having with those who are in school now, we should be more patient with them because patient, if we force them to do what exists, maybe where the money, where the money will be going for it doesn't even yes, matter yeah, at the time. Yeah, that's but that's good. just a, a that's typical that's example. Yeah. Let me come to you, Princess. You, your area is one that Comfort and I are extremely passionate about. I mean, a, a little bit more biased towards yeah, your, yeah. your area. <laughs> Agribusiness, anyone doing anything in feeding this nation mm -hmm. is our friend. Mm -hmm. You are feeding the nation in your mm. own unique way. Tell Station. us what you do at Healthy Havens. Okay, so Healthy Haven is a juice um, factory that uh, we produce over 20 food juices, um, naturally, um, locally sourced from other farmers. And um, we are trying to do our own farming now. And we've, I think we've been in business since 2019. Till today. So four years or so? Yes. Like, yeah, four years into our fifth year. All right. Because I, I, I guess to be our fifth year. Yeah. How's the response of the market to your, uh, to your juice? It's been amazing. Since now, everyone is jeering towards um, healthy, um, healthy living, healthy lifestyle, healthy eating. It's been amazing. Some time ago, it was very difficult for people to visualize the value that a service company like yours brings to them. And so if you try to even quote for something, people will say, what, what, what do you provide? I mean, she provides drinks. So if I, if I bought a carton from her, the drinks are still on my table. I'm, I'm drinking them. I can, I can see I, I've drank 300 milliliters. You are selling services. Is, is, is there sometimes a challenge of people taking what you do for granted and not being able to relate to the economics of it? And how, and so how do you go around it? Yes, so we almost always have to explain, you know, the fact that, uh, yes, it's a service, but it is value, you know. So the value that it brings, and we try to let our prospective clients or even our clients understand the value that what we are giving to them brings to them. How be it intangible, but it brings a lot of value to them, even their bottom lines. Um, consumer behavior in our generation is rapidly changing. People consume or relate with businesses differently. And so we position ourselves in a way to make sure that it doesn't matter how your, your target audience want to consume from you digitally, we are there to make sure that that happens seamlessly. Digital media um, has become very much a part of our lives. And so the typical person, I mean, the average person that you're listening to is on, on Facebook, mm -hmm. at least on Twitter, yeah. uh, use, use WhatsApp and so on. And the attraction to people seems to be that these media are available for free and therefore they can go there and, and utilize them to achieve their objectives. How do you convince somebody to pay for something that they like getting for free or the assume the attraction about it is that it is free how do you communicate to the fact that they must pay for something i think the first thing we do is to i mean get a word out there from the word go that it is not free uh, once you understand it's not free then we can tell you why we think it's not free and um, like every other thing you can get a free version you can get a paid version the difference or the distinction is in the quality of value you get from it and so if you want the, the value of a free service or a free service, uh, you can't compare that to the value that comes with service that you are paying for. And so a lot of professional expertise goes into what we do and those do not come for free. So we share that with our clients and they, they get to appreciate it. The quality of where they get to see the returns on their investment. How measurable is your your marginal or direct contribution to businesses? Fortunately, very measurable. Very measurable because of the analysis that come with what we do. And then also we, we are able to generate sales leads for clients who need direct sales. And so the, the quantum of sales that brings to them is also something that we use as a measuring stick or a yardstick to communicate how impactful what we have done for them is, I'll give you a typical example. So we have clients across industry. We used to have one in the uh, investment banking space. We ran a campaign for them 
and we got leads, people who have expressed direct interest in a particular investment portfolio. And they placed phone calls to them, they converted a, a good amount of them. And that was very measurable in terms of what value our work to them or for them has brought to their business. I was listening to a speech by um, Yaon Sakum and it broke my heart because among other things he mentioned a statistic i had never ever encountered before the fact that 40 something percent of the cassava that is planted in this country mm -hmm. does not even get uprooted no. i mean for a country that cannot feed it's itself beautiful. that yeah. has left me thinking mm -hmm. since i heard it and asking myself why are we doing this to ourselves you, 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 you chose an industry that is very challenging. Mm -hmm. um, what about it attracted you? It's the passion for me. Mm -hmm. And then with my farming, uh, um, it's, it's in partnership with uh, years in Agritech. So, but what's really made me go into juicing was because of my mother's health when it was failing. And then when I got to know that we could use our own produce, like our own raw uh, uh, materials we have around us to make it better, was what motivated me into doing this or choosing the venture in which like I am now. Yes, I wouldn't say it's, it's been all rosy. It's, it's been very challenging, especially when um, you don't get your... Uh, seeds, your your fruits are getting dry. You'll not be able to get the quantum of harvest you thought you would get. And then there are times. What do you mean that the 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 demand of your factory mm -hmm. is more than the supply of your farm in terms of the fruits? It depends on the season. When we go into dry season. We get shortage of foods because there's no water for irrigation to water and then to get it the way you want it so that when you are juicing you get more juice so um, um, let's say if i was using maybe 200 um pineapples when we are in a dry season i have to use about uh 350 or 400 to get that same quantity i used to have and, and the clients will understand why they the price, understand the price. why the price will have to shoot up a bit but yeah we try to be be in there like in between so that we don't also scare them away since our, our core value is to keep them coming back and then to keep them healthy yeah so in a field like this where you know the the issues are are, are tough but you have to be there because you can't you can't go out of farming. no I mean, you can't that is where the you the mm. your raw material is mm. so you're saying that when 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 these this dry season comes and the supplies are shaking mm -hmm. do you then end up buying still from other farmers to augment your requirements yes we do we okay. do we try to get from others that also have the uh, producers what we have can't save our factory in doing that do you do you have targeted suppliers? Do you have an outgrower scheme? How do you ensure that the quality that they bring matches so, what you okay. have so, come to expect? Um, yes. Um, it's, I would say it's a click. But you know <laughs> who to call when you need something. So you call, do you have, okay, I need S amount of uh, passion fruits. Do you have it? I need S amount of uh, pineapples. Do you have it? Because my side, I don't have... So yeah, we have a way we go around it and then we are able to get from other farmers at a good price so that it doesn't affect us. Yeah. Right. What about the market? How did the market respond to your fruit juices when you started? Um, you know, our, our fruit juice industry is quite dominated. But... Um, <laughs> Should I say glory to God? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> knowing, knowing what I do and the confidence I have in what I do, I have people coming back for it because 
I believe um, what goes into you makes you. And I try to give you exactly what uh, I bring. So I don't what, add... What did, the, what did the clients see? I was going to come to yeah. that. What, what did the clients tell you about your product that makes you think that is your selling point? I haven't tasted anything like this. Okay. If it's pineapple, I'm tasting pineapple and nothing else. And it gives me some sort of joy knowing that I'm doing the right thing. What is the right thing? Giving them exactly what they want. Which is? Which is the pineapple that they eat in their home. They get the same taste, undiluted, no sugar, no additives, no preservatives. So they know you are not adding anything that will harm them in future. Yes. Right. And it gives me a lot of joy. I'll come back to you. Let me go to you, George, and find out about the reaction of family and friends when you said you were going into business. How I was fortunate I... to have um, a very supportive family and a very supportive group of friends who believe that uh, once I've taken the decision to do this, um, because of uh, past experience and how we relate to one another, uh, they are willing to support. And so... I didn't have to go through the the discouraging moments from family or friends. They they fully understood that it is a trajectory I have built capacity for and in whatever way possible. I remember one of the friends I had, still do, said that it's gonna be a very turbulent one year for you. And so I'm putting you on a salary. Personally. Are you serious? Yes. Oh I wish I could mention the name. The person put me on the one-year salary every month. And that was good enough to keep my eyes off the business finances so that I can always, you know, improve upon the business bottom lines. Yes, you know, so it was very supportive. You know when you give a testimony in church and people say, I claim it. <laughs> <laughs> you, know how, you know how they say, I claim it. Charlie... I mean, I've been a startup before, and I can tell you that kind of friend. Everybody needs that kind of yeah. friend. What? A friend told me that. Ojimidi. So yeah, yeah, no, it's... Let, let's do this together. And it'd be a very fine. Mm -hmm. And I held on to it. Wow. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, so is that friend a part of the business, or they did it just to. Interestingly, keep... she won't have nothing to do with the business. She just says, I believe what you're doing. Do it, and if you have any challenge, always bounce back to me. But ensure that you are doing things the right way, and don't let the lack of money to keep you sustained be the reason why you want to give up. I I I, I salute that friend, yeah. that friend, and everybody needs a friend like that because um, very often that big person that you see went through their own moments of uncertainty and, and hustle, and I just love the fact that. The, this friend of yours yeah. just decided to put her, her, her strength and resource behind what you're doing. And, and I tell you, one, one month's salary for a startup is it's like heaven's came <laughs> down and glory filled your soul. <laughs> yeah, it, it was good. Right. Let me come to you, Princess. Capital. Most people you talk to about business, their first response is capital. How do you navigate this, the capital issue? Did you take a loan? Did you use your own savings? How do you no. get around it? I remember, just like George, I had a friend who said, okay, so what do you want to do? Think about it. And initially, I remember I said I want to sell wigs. From selling of wigs, I went into selling bread. And then there was just one thing that kept me going, because when that friend gave me that money, yes, he wasn't looking for anything. All he wanted to do was do something aside whatever you are doing. Because here in Ghana, you can't actually live on just one salary. So do something. And it motivated me to the extent that when these two businesses I mentioned earlier couldn't um, hold. Did you say beets and bread? Weeks, weeks. Like weeks, I weeks. weeks hair, yeah. Hair, hair weeks, okay. Hair. And then, okay. yeah, bread. And what, what actually kept me going was, do I want to disappoint him? No. Do I want him to say that, Misikashi? No. Oh, wow. So it... it it inspired me a lot and it, it kept me going. And I remember, in fact, as at the time I started juice, the money I used in starting my juice business was just 20 cities. You're joking. 
I'm not joking. What? It was just 20 cities worth of pineapples. You know, the, these, these, these disclosures become a point sometimes mm -hmm. of mockery because yes. people can't relate exactly. to it. And I can understand why they can't mm -hmm. relate because, mm -hmm. I mean, I... It's just not, mm. people just cannot relate to the yes. fact that you started a business without capital. Exactly. And it was just a little by little thing. But for mm. the benefit of those who are listening, mm. who want to learn, mm. what do you mean when you said you started with 20 cities? Okay, so one day I, I came back from selling bread and I realized, okay, it's the same money I'm using to do everything. So I said, okay. And actually it was a friend in the office who said, every day you are bringing us bread. Can't you add any other thing? I said, okay, fine. So I sat down, thought about it. I thought of doing tea and the rest. Looking at the disadvantages, there were too many. So I said, okay, let me go and buy pineapple and do juice and see how this goes. I went to the market, bought 20 CDs worth of pineapple. I came back. Then I had um, bottles, this, because then I was doing um, sobolu. So already I had uh, bottles. So I, I, I blended my juice in my blender, sieved it, bottled it, and took it to the office the following day. And what I did was, when it went, everybody was like, oh, it's nice. Ah, there's no sugar. Are you sure you, don't, you didn't put sugar? I said, no. Ah, it's nice. Okay. Then, before I could say Jack, it's finished. I remember closing like work that day very early to go back and make sure that I get another one. And this time, when I was going back, I didn't go back with 20 cities. I went with, exactly. Okay. And then I put it back in and I came, and that is how I have run my business this whole time. So you literally have reinvested what, what you made step back by into step. my business, yes. It's a model I've tried before and I can tell you that it works. Um, people will say that, well, it's a slow process, but you have control because you don't use gearing from anyone. At Let's all. go for a break to allow you to catch your breath. When we come back, Let's talk about the challenges of growth. It's nice to start something. It's nice to step out from the, under the wings of your mentor and start your own business. But when you begin to grow, mm -hmm. employ staff, begin to rent a place, build your own place. Mm -hmm. Some new challenges emerge like demons. And you say, where have they always been? They, they, always they come there. with full force. They're always there. Let's come back from this break mm -hmm. and let's begin to unpack the real mm -hmm. heavyweight challenges that young entrepreneurs Face. This is Springboy, which I invest in. My guests for today, um, George Ajiman Budu and Princess Dokas Adegoki, helping me to understand the journey of building a small business and how they have learned from their experiences. We want to come back and find out the challenges of growth and how it can help you also in your quest to build a business. Please don't go away. <laughs> Jo, won't it? Enterprise Insurance would dear woman promo nana. Hey, what it? <laughs> Four coupons. Wom washing machine. Wom car washer. Wom BBB. Wom Obiadia. Wom. <laughs> Buy or renew your existing motor insurance policy and win instant rewards such as fuel coupons and branded gift items in this year's Udia Woman Moto Insurance promo. You could also win an iPhone 14, front load washing machine, high pressure car washer, vacuum cleaner, and an auto tie inflator during the monthly raffles and a slick crutch rocket motorbike at the end of the six months promotion. Make you no slacku. <laughs> Call your insurance broker, agent, or visit any enterprise insurance branch and get your reward now. You can also call us on 0302-634-777. This promo is in partnership with NLE on the Characters platform. Terms and conditions apply. Enterprise, your advantage. <laughs> When you can be anything, who will you become? When you can go anywhere and never feel alone, how far will you go? When you have the means to make your dreams real, when will you start? When your voice can reach every ear, who will you inspire? When your money can travel faster and further than you ever could, where will you send it? When you can tell a story in every language, which ones will you tell? When nothing can stop you, and everyone's behind you, and, and the, the whole, whole world, world awaits, awaits you. you. Don't go alone. Go 
with us everywhere you go. Welcome back to Springboard of Virtual University and to this conversation in the business school about coping mechanisms for young entrepreneurs. My guests, George Ajimambudu and Princess Dokas Adegoke are helping me to understand what the common challenges are of starting a business. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Roadshow Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, the enterprise group UMB Bank, with media support from the multimedia group and the graphic business. My guests so far have opened up the starting phase of business and I've learned about Princess trying to control the supply of farm produce by going into farming backward integration. George talking about assessing brands and using certain tools to give them their end product, be it visibility or sales or visits to their facilities. George also talking about the economics of trying to use analytics to show the value proposition of your business. Um, Princess talking about this building a supply chain so that even when your own farm produces are not enough for your requirements, you know where to go to get a certain standard and also a certain price so it doesn't disrupt your production process. And then those two wonderful stories about subvention and funding, this friend who paid your salary for a year and this friend who gave you capital as a gift. <clears throat> to the break, I was praying that for the next venture that I do, God should send a friend like that. <laughs> and I'm sure, Charlie, I'm sure there were several other people praying the same prayer. And, and, really, and really, just talks about the value of, of great relationships. And, 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 and Joe, you told a, a beautiful story about your making your first sales pitch. I think, I think our, our clients need to hear that one. <laughs> great. So I, I was sharing with you then that um, I had this client in South Africa. The very first big client very pitch. First, yes. And uh, we agreed on a time for a meeting via Skype. What I didn't do was to take into consideration the time zone difference. And so by the time it was time for the meeting, I was not prepared in terms of my outfits for the meeting. I got a call that it's time. I just, in my shorts, I jumped into my shirt and, you know, jacket, and I sat before the, the Skype and I had a meeting with my shorts. Of course, with the, with the benefit of not having to see what's beneath <laughs> the, 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 the jacket. And by the grace of God, that business went through and it served as one of the reasons why we could scale up as a young business. Tell you about the power of the shorts. Mm. <laughs> I wish I had somebody with me in the hood who would have taken a photograph, a photograph. of that. Of that. Yes. Yeah. Let's go on to growth pains, the growth, the pains of, of growing a business. It's nice when you start and, and everything is going fine, but as you begin to grow, that control that you love, you lose it sometimes because something can go wrong and produce can get destroyed. You can be swindled because the volumes are bigger. Share an experience like that, Princess, where you had a lot of vim, but something just went badly wrong and, and you lost money. I've, I've woke up to a freezer full of fermented fruit juices. Not, like, not in hundreds, like in thousands. Wow. And yes, it broke me. Tell me, what happened? Um, so after uh, production, there was light out. And I was just hoping that my lights were going to come on. By morning, we we're getting ready to serve. And then we opened the freezers and almost all the bottles in the freezers were bloated. Wow. And I remember my mother-in-law coming to my aid, telling me, not financially, but telling me, don't cry over the profits. you go mad. Just cry about the capital and you'll be fine and that has been one of my motivations going forward when things go bad because of the policy of not adding preservatives when things like that happens i'm able to fall back and say okay it's just the profit since my capital is fine i can go back into business are you are you increasingly have having control now over your own power supply because obviously if 
or, or is that the next level for you? That is the next level for me. Right. That's the next because we are looking forward to building our own a, a factory. Since now, we've turned our residents into the factory. So we are looking forward to building our factory, which, yes, we are on course. And then probably like get a, like a bigger a generator plant that is going to help us solve that problem. But even now, yes, because that was in the beginning of the business. So now we've been able to like drive uh, strategies to be able to keep that, um, should I say menace or should I say um, spoilage? Right. Yes. So because yeah. it's all fresh, it's, it's going to be a very clear and present very, danger very, for you. Very, very. Okay. Have very. you tried exports? <laughs> um, I wouldn't even call it exports. We try selling to customers who are traveling. So let's say you are traveling and then you want to have like a couple of our juices with you. We have a way we we package it. Then you can put it in your hand, um, in your in check luggage, in, check in luggage, and then okay. yes. But there was a time a friend called me. In fact, um, Reverend Abraham um, Lamte, he's my father. He called me that he has a big uh, gig for me. I should come to his office right away. I was excited. I went, and then it was a gentleman who wanted a thousand bottles every two weeks of my juice um, to be exported, but not. Uh, cargo but um sea shipped shipped but and i was like how is that going to i make can't it? do this because my juices are fresh the most it can go is probably like a 24 hours out of the cold like chill and then i was like okay so i came back to my drawing board and said okay let me try pasteurization but i thinking about it again, I realized it would defeat my core values. Why I started this in the first place. So that has been it for me. But I'm hoping and praying that going forward, I'll be able to have a, a cargo that freezes and then I'll be able to do exports just like the others. It's interesting that you mentioned this because uh, you, 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 you describe a clash between your values and cash. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you're looking at potential mm. cash mm. to be made. But for that cash to be made, mm. something that does not fit into your, your business model Models, and yes. your values are about fresh mm -hmm. and about people being able to see this is almost like literally eating the eating pineapples. The pineapples. That you can't get when mm -hmm. you change no, you to don't. what you are doing. You don't. But then the question also is, can you scale this up beyond some point and what will it take when i come back to you i'm going to ask you a very interesting question if i tell you think about this i won't tell you <laughs> should i tell him if i go to him and come yes i'll be very happy okay, so if you got an order for a hundred thousand <laughs> copies or bottles, bottles what will you do when i come back from him I'm going, you, you answer that question with with venn diagrams <laughs> annotated diagrams okay. and illustrations okay george let me come to you Staffing, staffing. When when you begin to grow beyond some point, no matter how passionate you are, you can't do the work alone. Yeah. Have you had experience with staffing that our, our listeners and viewers can learn from? I think so. I think so much experience um, for a business that is about four or five years old. Um, at a point, um, so we started in my living room with my laptop as the only resource we had, or I had at the time. And um, one young man who committed himself to me, he was going to help me with the graphic design part of the work. So I was the one doing the marketing, business development, doing the content creation, and he does the design. And we did that for some time. And our client base began to improve or increase. And I noticed that because there was one person doing designs, if you look at it critically, you could find some similarities in it and so i knew it was time to scale scale in terms of the hands i have what was the experience of bringing people in because your your area also has a very interesting attrition rate how did you deal with some of the complaints we get about attrition in in design related i think that people want to belong and so um at ibg social 
anybody who has joined us at any point felt a part of the vision. I mean, it was a, it's a vision I share very freely among everybody who comes, you know, to work with the vision. And so they feel a part of it. So your retention strategy is to make the, 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 the staff feel a part. Have you had a fingers bent before? Yes. Tell me about it. I, I like to hear the challenges as well. <laughs> so our, our viewers can, yes, tell me about your I think it has to do ones. with their personal uh, attitudes, which I would not condone. I, I, when it comes to uh, cracking the whip, I think I'm pretty swift on that. And so I can be very, you know, happy with you and all of the ones. I realize that you've gotten the point where the whip must be cracked. I don't hesitate. Um, when we have deadlines to meet and you disappoint me, you have inadvertently caused me to disappoint a client who has, who has done you no wrong. And so those, those are the things that I have, have to experience. But like I said, um, it comes back to, and I've also grown to understand how to treat people better. Um, initially, you would want to think that it's all about the work. But I began to realize that there are also people who have needs. And especially when I started hiring uh, staff of the female gender, you know, they, they have certain, there's a way they approach work, some of them. And you need to be very attentive and emotionally intelligent to get the best out of your staff. And that has really helped me improve upon myself as a leader to these people that I hire as workers. Um, Princess, how do you retain your, uh, how do you go about retaining your staff and what challenges have you had that uh, listeners and viewers can learn from? Because many people are listening and saying, okay, great stuff when you tell me about the progress you've made, but help me to also know how to deal with my own challenges. So I'm hiring staff, I'm having challenges. Do you have, have you had challenges with hiring staff that you like to they share come, them with me? They come today, tomorrow they are gone. Okay, so you've had attrition issues. They come okay. and then they feel some sort of entitlement because they feel they are helping you make money so they should like they should be paid more they should be making more and then i have had the experience of staffing my like uh, um uh, uh, keeping my stuff in my house like uh, housing them i've come to a point that i've had over almost like 18 stuff living under my roof Feeding, clothing. Um. Pause, <laughs> in, in this Ghana? Yes, in this Ghana. Feeding, clothing, buying toiletries. And you don't, they will still find something to do to hurt you. They still find something and like, oh, the money you are giving them. And I ask myself, you are not paying for anything. All I want you to do is just help me do this. And I'm also helping you. But you still find one bad nut trying to spoil the others no let me, let me go with that again so you're saying that in your quest to retain staff, staff yes. I've you gone went to the extent of providing accommodation, accommodation feeding, feeding toiletries even clothing oh but is that a social enterprise or a business <laughs> just you see um i believe when you make them happy they will give you the best so that is, like that is one of the reasons why i went that far and not even i went i'm still doing it because as we, we speak, I still have people in my house that are my staff that I'm still taking care of. Do you feel now that after those bad experiences, they understand you better? Some do, some still don't. So the ones so who don't, the ones how do you go who around it? Um, I won't say I leave you to do what, like, um, I leave you to do what you want, but I've come to understand them and understand why they behave that way. I have a worker who I realized she was going lean. And her only, when I, I asked others to ask her what her problem was, was because she don't get time to go out in the evening to go and party. So that would be the reason why she might want to leave. So I said, no, then you got all this wrong. After five, when we are closed, you can go and have all the fun you want. Mine is in the morning, come to work. So I have come to understand why some of them behave the way they behave. And then I try to coach them because most of them are very young that their parents have entrusted 
into my hands to make sure that even though they are not with them, they come up um, to be something better for them in future. Is it difficult to employ people? It is. It is. It is. Because <laughs> some of them look up to you as their mentor. Some of them look up to you as their mother. Some of them, okay, she's just a worker. And you have to, like, you have all these people um, in one space that you have to make sure you give this values to each and every one of them. So, so, that you don't so it's work in progress? Yes, it's, it's work in progress. Okay. It's Recently, um, I went out and I bought a box of, a very big box of pizza. And then I got into the office and the arm of the pizza in the office got all of them coming around the box. And then I said, hold on, let's move the box into my office and let's have a conversation. Okay. So they were all seated and I took time to appreciate each one of them and let them understand that I'm very hard on them sometimes, not because I enjoy being hard, but because the business gets to a point where if you don't push harder, you will not get better results, you know, and thereafter we all start, we had studies of the pizza, you know, and then we had a good time. That day, I could tell that there's some new energy in the office. People so so the formula is this, get a box of pizza, <laughs> bring it to your office, gather the staff around, and then let them know the vision, and, recast the vision. And just to um, chip in a bit, you see, when you don't treat them as common employees, and you, you, make, um, you get them involved, or you make them feel involved, they will give, give their best. Yeah. Okay. They are humans. Because they are humans. Okay. But if um, you become a boss over them, because some might be your age, some might even be older than you. So if you don't treat them, try to say equally, or you don't get them involved, to, and, and like you'll be shocked. Sometimes when you have such conversations with them, the kind of ideas they bring on board, you, like, you realize, oh, okay. Let me bring you to the, the last point of my interest today, and that is the recent disruptions to our, the supply chain, the fuel price changes, and the exchange rate issues. Let me start with you, uh, Princess. For somebody in agribusiness, somebody who sells fruit juices, have the recent disruptions that we've gone through affected you? It has. Tell me what. It, it has, because you go for your pet bottles. Maybe you went yesterday, tomorrow you go, and then prices have shot up your labels you go and then prices have shot up are you able to pass them on to your clientele we try as much as we could but i have um, derived the nigerian market woman strategy which is you don't kill your customers try and um the little profits you have like you would get be okay with it so even though I'm not making more, I'm not making a loss. So I try to balance, balance it. Okay. So that has been my <laughs> strategy. So sense. literally, you are taking on board all the your, everything and, and then cushioning your clients cushioning from my, the from, price from the heat that is going on. So let's say if I'm to be selling it at twenty cities, I'll sell it at fifteen cities to make maybe a thirty percent profit. Because I know when I do the 30 tips, you'll be happy. You'll come back again. So by the time the person selling 20 has sold maybe five, maybe I've sold maybe like a 50. And I'll be able to still go and come back again whilst that person will still be waiting. But it requires a lot of thinking, a lot of calculation. A lot. A lot right. of thinking, a lot of calculation. I'm going to come back to you on that okay. question that I, I asked to close. George, how have you dealt with the disruptions that we faced in the recent times, exchange yeah. rates, um, prices, business, supply chain. And um, as a business owner, I've always, I very often look at things from the point of my team. How is this affecting them? What can I do to make their life better? Because um, they, they, they need to be comfortable to be able to give up their best. So what I did was to, for instance, the four prices, um, if I kept the Monday to Friday, it means they will spend marginally more 
on their transition to and from work. And so we had a conversation. I love conversations. Oh. We had a conversation in the office. I'm like, if we maintain the Monday to Friday, you still come to work and you still spend X amount of amount money coming and going back home. So um, if I increase the amount of money you earn, it will still go back into TNT. So let's do this. Let's reduce the number of days we come to the office. So we do Monday in, Tuesday out, Wednesday in, Thursday out, and Friday in. You know. And that has even improved on their productivity because now they work from home on Tuesdays and Thursdays and it reduces their cost of living while, you know, helping <coughs> as a business because they're not in the office on those days. You know, all the overheads would have incurred on those days, electricity, internet, um, water, all of those things have, you know, marginally reduced. So it helps us to be able to um, deal with the challenges. For those who are very enamored in person, eyeball to eyeball uh, work, how, what, what comfort will you give them about the success of the Tuesday and Thursday off-grade off or off-location off operation? Are you able to get people to be productive and how do you work with supervision? For instance, supervision, how do you go around it? So I love reporting. For every task assigned to any team, there's a team lead assigned to the project. And so I don't even have to go to the, the entire team. I hold the team lead responsible and I ensure that reports are sent on work done on time. And they're on their toes. They understand that whatever we do is tied to the vision of the organization. And so they will not sleep on task. And it's really been helpful. I, I even wish I could find another day. Uh, hey, really? <laughs> yes, the days they work from home are very productive. Yeah. Experts say that the, the fact that they don't spend an hour or an hour and a half commuting in and out alone saves you three hours of travel time that could be channeled to work. And my own experience um, working from home, especially um, as the COVID time mutated into um, our regular work hours is that when you work from home, there's no working hours. 9 p.m. you're still sitting behind your it, it just seamlessly flows all the way through and sometimes till midnight and you have meetings at 10 30 and nobody realizes that at, it is 10 30 p.m so that can be very interesting but the big issue is supervision you have said that you use or productivity you're saying you use um, measurement and supervision to to counter that princess give us uh, your closing thoughts and i gave you a question <clears throat> you go to church and you pray and you mm -hmm. say lord open the heavens and let it rain and then the heavens open and you get a call and they say all right madam is that healthy heaven you say yes you say charlie we want a hundred thousand bottles of which one is this this one is the tiger nuts coconut dates and ginger so let's one of see. our amazing blends okay so let's let's give it a try and then, then, then let's order hundred thousand so if you can if you can't see on radio sorry about that but those on television this is what Nutty tiger nut, yeah. nutty. It sounds like a reggae word. <laughs> tiger nut, dates, ginger, coconut, spice. Okay, so yes. that's very nice. So let's see. Somebody called you and said they want a <clears throat> hundred thousand of this one, and mm. then also this one is carrots. The carrots fresh milk. It reminds me of my friend Hugh Potaki. He planted carrots plenty in the water region. Mm. Good evening, Hugh Potaki. All right, so let's try this one too, mm. just so I can I can tell people I actually tried it. Oh, equally nice. Mm. I was trying to see which one is my favorite, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll avoid that. Uh, if you, you got a call, 100,000 nutty, mm. 100,000 carrots, what will you do? Okay, first of all, I'll jump. I'll be. That yes. is a very honest answer. You I'll jump. jump. All right. After jumping, uh, I'll, go, I'll go back to my team and then tell them, okay, this is it. Depending on the timelines, believing, um, knowing how best we can work i know we will definitely execute it do you have i i i, I always talk about the, um some friends of mine who went to rattan cane production that's what i used to do when i left investing fresh that was okay. my first business mm. and they got a, they went to the walmarts of this life and got mm. orders for forty thousand, sixty thousand wow. copies and so on and they were so shocked because the whole 
rattan that mm. we generate here in Ghana. It grows in the it, world. It's not even it, it there, there's no plantation. Mm -hmm. So the all the cane that they harvest in Ghana together cannot even produce ten thousand or the order that they got. Mm. So when I ask about what will you do when you got an order for if you got an order for hundred thousand, I'm asking, have you calculated the PET bottles you need? Have you calculated the number of staff you need? If you don't have an answer, don't worry. When I invite uh, you next uh, or spring yes, your I, will, team, please I, come I think I haven't really thought about it, but with with the team and then with the little machineries we have, maybe we have to get more machineries to execute that. But I, I want Venn diagrams. <laughs> what what would be your closing thoughts for our listeners and viewers? who are listening to us today especially um young people in business about coping mechanisms for tough times like these um, i would say that the journey of entrepreneurship is not for everybody mm -hmm. that's number one number two we can have fine professionals who are not entrepreneurs and we can have fine entrepreneurs who are not into corporate so it's okay to be a fine public servant it's okay to be a fine entrepreneur, but entrepreneurship is not for me, for everybody. Secondly, um, nobody's an island. And so on the journey of entrepreneurship, one of the things you need is support. You need to have your support system very well placed. Is it family? Is it friends? Is it partnership? And there are gigs that will come your way. And by your structure and your logistics, you can't execute alone. You need to find strategic alliances to be able to you know execute and be very honest i recall last year i had an opportunity to produce an event i had never produced an event before but the owners felt that because of how i communicated the vision to them they will hand it to me immediately i reached out for the best in this in the country who can produce different parts of the event put them together and we produce a very phenomenal event at moving peak hotel last year so i think that we should be able to know where our strengths limits are and then be humble enough and honest about it to get help because everybody at some point would need some help awesome 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 the voice of george ajimambudu ceo of ibg social ending on the note of humility that one day one day something will come that is far bigger than you when it comes don't get overwhelmed just build strategic partnerships to be able to deliver it and you own part of a successful event rather than carry it all in your head and crash in the process i would like to meet you again uh, george and then also princess docas adegoki and i want to thank you for joining me on springboard of virtual university my lessons from you um prince and george have been about control backward integration going into farming to get control over your raw materials george talked about marketing a service and communicating your brand value with the use of tools you also mentioned that even though people may not see the value the economics of what you do you try to use analytics to let them see the value proposition so that they know what they are buying and then princess you you talked about the inspiration for what you do um coming from seeing your mother's health deteriorate and recognizing how our local foods could be of help yes. and thank you for doing that and i hope that when you build a factory a part of it will be named after your mother definitely yes and to, she's playing a huge part in my business to celebrate it's her it's actually my uh, production head now so, so mention mention a name let's celebrate it. you know mothers as a mothers they cross every barrier they bring, yes, yes mention a name and let's, she's, let's, been, let's, she's been a backbone madam katrina Banuawo. Madam Katrina, God bless you mm. for what you do for your daughter mm. and for being that big inspiration for her. Mm -hmm. All right, so um, you, we also talked about um, the supply chain. Mm -hmm. When your own supplies are inadequate, having a network mm -hmm. of people that you mm -hmm. source from to maintain the quality, you both shared amazing stories about support coming from unlikely sources. Mm -hmm. Yours in the form of a one-year salary subvention and yours coming in the form of a friend who gave you business capital that you're not supposed to pay back. I mean, incredible. Then you talked about the pain of of rotten fruits resulting from power failure. Mm -hmm. And then also the clash between your values and cash with that export <laughs> order that, 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 order. that never was. Mm -hmm. um, and then mm -hmm. um, you talked also about the challenge of staff who fail to meet their deadlines george and the fact that when you you go at them 
for, for that, it creates a clash and how you need to stand your ground. But at the same time, you've learned and appreciated them um, as individuals and therefore it's made you a better leader and a better person. Um, Princess, you mentioned the challenge of sometimes just not being able to to please people because you give them much more much than you think they will get elsewhere and you still find that there's more that mm, they want yeah. from you. But I love the humility of seeing that it's work in progress, still mm. trying to figure to out figure out, yes. how to retain staff and make mm. them feel fulfilled and happy. The ending note from, from both of you. Um, so George, you shared about your experiment with in, out, in, out, in. So working Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, in person and Tuesday and Thursday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, in person and Tuesday and Thursday, offsite. And you're seeing they are using different approaches, including supervision and measurement to get the results and the days they don't even come end up being more productive than the days that they come in person. So now you're looking for one more day. Okay, just add Wednesday. <laughs> All right. And then and then we are going home with an assignment for Princess to think through what she would do mm. if one day she got an order that is probably 10 times or 100 times the biggest order you've ever executed. Mm. And for everyone listening um, to us and watching us, that is an assignment you must do. What if one day you open your church and the number of people at the door is 10 times your congregation size mm -hmm. or your seating size? What mm -hmm. if you got an order and the capacity of your factory, the order is 10 times that capacity? Mm -hmm. Just a question. What How will you, you do? do? And the answer to that could be the preparation for the for next bridge, few yeah. years Amen. of your lives. Amen. I want to thank you all for coming, you thank both you. for coming. Thank and you. thank you for listening out there. And I trust that you've benefited from this conversation about coping mechanisms for young entrepreneurs. On behalf of Team Springboard, as well as our sponsors, MTN Pulse, the Enterprise Group at UMB Bank, and our media partners, the Multimedia Group, and the graphic business. My name is Albert Okran saying God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you.
borders of Africa, from Algeria to Zimbabwe. Here's where we turn, we turn around. Here's where we turn around. Make that change, turn around.